International. This is Zach Brooks. Enjoy the conversation I had on leading the blind. Uh, we talked about porno and childhoods. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much just porno. <laughs> Pretty much just porno. So they were yeah, pissed that you were you spent They're so much really time in Well, not pissed, but like the, the issue was like you're in there and they thought it's you like were texting. borderline. Yeah, and I am, no. but it's like you would too if you were pooping for 20 minutes. Like yeah, you have to. sure. Yeah. I just I just poop a lot. And poop on your own time, that's what I say. Yeah, but I, if you're going to give me morning shifts, I'm going to poop on your dime. Yeah, morning shifts equals morning <laughs> shifts. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, especially when you drink a lot, but sure. I don't mm. know. I just saw you got to crap the booze out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yep. just saw Baby Driver. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've seen it. You didn't like it? I like a lot about it. And I don't like a, a, other stuff. I like there's Atlanta and it made, and it looked like it was in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Because they're like, yeah. they're doing a lot of stuff in Atlanta now, but mm. the, the object is that Pretending it not looked like that. Yeah. But this was in Atlanta and it like, it looked really cool. Super well, like, like the art direction, the cinematography, the action is badass. And that it's everything what did you else. Not like? Like, did you not like the kid? You don't like Kevin you don't, okay. like, you don't okay. like Kevin Spacey. He's, yeah, fuck that guy. No, no, he was, he was fine. Like it was just like the dialogue was so bad for me. Is like, it about a baby was... driver? Is it like a silly movie? No, his name's just Baby. Yeah, it's oh. his like code name. Yeah, his criminal driving and it, and name. I, I think I saw what Edgar Wright was going for because it was like all the dialogue had kind of like a jazzy, uh, intentionally unrealistic kind of yeah timber like how the how was... line and music would be, but. I enjoyed it. Uh, it. It's fun to watch. I just like they they would say some stuff, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, can't get behind it. Now. Let's split on it. Cool, good to know. Yeah, I was gonna see Wonder Woman. Is that still in the theaters? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and worth seeing. I haven't seen that. Is it? It's good. Uh, it's if you like superhero movies, it's really good. Oh, but yeah. I don't. And but it, so do then I you like won't it. like it. Oh. And and that's just how it is. Like I can anything. I can enjoy them. They're nothing special to me. Yeah, I just exactly. Turn my that's brain not like I don't like them. <laughs> Absolutely. Turn your brain off. It's yeah. They're kind of bad. I think I love comics. I'm a, such a comic nerd. And I have to say, for the like the movies themselves are always. You know what they are to me? It's just Pixar, but instead of a cute because those movies are bad too. Just in terms of like. The, you know, it's very, the story is pretty obvious, and you yeah. know where it's going, and it's kind of saccharine. Uh, yeah. But it's cute. It's predictable. Well, it makes you feel good. And okay. this is the same way with blowing shit up. You know? It has a job, and it does its yeah. job. Yeah. Got no. So, uh, you, I I got some feels in a kind of, in the feminist parts of me, though. Because it, yeah, it does yeah, feel like a big deal. Told. She kicks ass. Yeah. Uh, and not in a kind of look at her butt kind of way yeah. she unapologetically I was told that that I would appreciate her just being strong she's like intimidating whatever. in yeah. a yeah so That's I'm I, you know I got some free Alamo passes I need to use um, yeah. maybe today maybe I could do that if we can get this shit out of the way maybe yeah. you know, <laughs> maybe we can <laughs> hey, Zach. let's get this shit out of the way Zach come hey, on hey Zach how long you been doing comedy um, See how I, effortless that transition was? Right, right into, into it. it. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, I've been doing comedy for five years. Five years. A little years. over five years now. Five beautiful, oh, hilarious years. Sweet spot. But you started in Houston? Yeah. And how long were you in Houston before? 
I was in Houston for uh, a little over a year, like a year and three months was my start. Are you and from Houston? Yeah. Where? Essentially. Uh, all over. I kind of moved around a lot, but uh, I ended up going to high school, finishing high school in the Woodlands up north. Uh, of course, the Woodlands. The suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And so then you just started doing, well, how old are you? Uh, how old am I now? Yeah. Um, I'm about to turn 27. Okay, so this is after college. Did you go to college? Uh, I did. I went to a, a couple of them for <laughs> yeah, a, a really? bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went to Baylor for a little bit. Yeah. And um, immediately, apparently they have an attendance policy or something like that. <laughs> and so they, I made it through like summer school there and like maybe a little bit of the first semester. And then uh, they kicked me out. Then I went to community college for a little bit and got like a year's worth of credits mm-hmm. for two years of school, something yeah. like that. I was I was bad in like 50%. I was getting <laughs> like half of the credits. Um, that was my first yeah. go what to college you, was like that. What were you studying? Um, I hadn't gotten to like... <laughs> yes, you hadn't picked anything. <laughs> it was, we yeah. were still... Math doing, and I was, science and I, literature. I was doing... I had picked um, film and digital media. Smart. But then I started... I was going to school in Conroe, which is like... 45 minutes north of Houston and the Woodlands is probably in between that and so um, my first open mic well I guess technically my second I did one when I was 18 and it was so bad it scared me away (laughs) but um, where was the one when you were 18 um, I think it was at the laugh stop in Mm -hmm. Houston it was a a club that shut down it's shut down right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it was yeah it was either the laugh stop or the laugh spot there were two of them okay and I don't know what it's there's just a two story. There's a old yeah. school story behind that, but yeah, it was one of those. It was an open mic. We brought a bunch of friends that they didn't even. They didn't even laugh. They couldn't even pity laugh like it. They yeah. knew it wouldn't be believable. <laughs> like they were like, we're not. That just make you feel worse. Yeah, yeah, it does yeah. make you feel worse. They laughed at everybody else. I remember Bob Bigger <laughs> staff from Houston was on that mic and he just crushed it <laughs> with all of my friends. But um, but yeah, when I first came back, when I was twenty one. Um, yeah, like 30 days into doing that first mic, I dropped out and like moved into Houston so I could be closer because it was like a 45-minute drive every time I got out of school to go down to a mic. Okay, so you really had this thing where you finally started doing it and you, and you very quickly were like, okay, I'm not going to go to school. I'm going to do comedy. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of um, kind of listening to like podcasts and stuff early on. Like I kind of realized that like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, there's a couple things that kill like comedy careers. It seems like like uh, babies mm-hmm. <laughs> in a city that <laughs> is not good with comedy, and uh, like a really good backup plan. Yes, yeah. Like a really solid burn your the boats. Yeah, I'm yeah. Do great. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, was I know like, I have no <laughs> skills. That's what I was thinking was like if I just like don't give myself another option, then yeah. this, it has to be this. That's an interesting thing because um, so you were actually thinking about and listening to those kinds of origin stories and things about all these kids who were like, yeah, they quit school and did comedy, and you're like, I'm gonna do that. Kind of, yeah. It was. I remember listening to a podcast that like Louis C.K. was on or something where he was like, had already been doing comedy for like 10 years and then he had that, he had his kid, his first kid and he was like, there's just no turning back. Like, this is see, all See, having have. a kid can help. Yeah, but like com- 10 years into a comedy. Yeah. Well, look, see, I'm trying to pick it up. 
in case yeah. <laughs> you know Katie's listening to this, and also for my own sanity, I need to believe that I can have children. Yeah. Comedy, so. No. Yes. I'm hoping it's going to be the Louis C.K. route for yeah. me, where having the kids forces me to figure out how to uh, make money. That also articulates yeah. like you came into it w- knowing you wanted to do it. Like even because I feel like some people also come into comedy like that first. I'm like, well, I'll just see. Right. Well, just right. be a I'll hobby. I'll make see. friends. Yeah. We shouldn't probably but like, I was, homophobically shame people. If no. <laughs> You're welcome to be part of our community. No, no. My voice was any woman. Oh, I yeah. wanted to be no, clear. Yeah, it was yeah, not. Sure. Yeah. No, but but I think there's a weird thing about that. Like, let's. I'm just gonna see because like, how will you see? Like, you are gonna be bad. Yeah. Up top. It's so gonna what get are you gonna rough. See? Yeah. yeah. If you have another viable option to put most of your time into, you might. You might accidentally want yeah. money because it's so easy. If it's easy to get money, you're going to take right. money. For those of us who have no other way to make money, right. we have to hope that this... Or, or being good at stuff, too. If it's yeah. not money, like, because... It's just oh, like yeah. putting, yeah, putting yeah. all of your effort into getting better at this one thing yeah. to where you're like, there's nothing else I can really throw. Yeah. Yeah. There's not... I'm not good at anything. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah. practicing anything else. Yeah. yeah. It's too late. I can be mediocre at a lot of shit later. Yeah. If, if right. they ban me or like, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like 15 years. I'm like, just this is it. You know, uh, there's time to be mediocre at shit. That's Other true. shit. It's like, this is like, let's try to be great at something. Yeah. And then right. later Reports, on, I can yeah. fish or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be a fisherman. That's not a bad right. idea. Yeah. Like, I joined a pool league, but then like Game of Thrones started coming out on that day. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I can be bad at that, but. Uh, so you started doing these open mics in Houston, and this is in 2012, so I know this this scene in Houston has gotten uh, bigger, but at the time, yeah. what was it like? It was pretty It was pretty rough. It was actually the reason I decided to move. It got to the point where it was like, we were doing, like it was almost, you couldn't get five minutes anywhere mm-hmm. unless you got work at either of the two clubs, which was a showcase, the first club that I, it's now the joke joint. Right, um, I've been there. Yeah, that was the first place I got to host, um, but that it was like such a long rotation that you couldn't get more than five minutes like on a regular basis on stage. Mm-hmm. And the improv kind of had its, and always did like had its doors closed to the locals. Uh, like they had a couple people that they worked with. Like I taught defensive driving there, like comedy defensive driving mm-hmm. there, and I still couldn't get booked there. Like yeah. every time I've worked at the Houston Improv, it was because person whose show it is has given me a slot yeah it hasn't been because the manager or the people who book it ever cared but yeah, um, are they still that way now um kind of i think it's gotten a lot better i think they give more locals spots um but like yeah i remember the first time i hosted there it was just like i was like I think like a month and a half in or something it was like a one-nighter and my buddy chase Teruso, who's out in la now um, or I guess he's back in Houston, but um, uh, he gave me that. He let me get that spot, and the manager was there, and I was like, the one time he saw me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and he was like, kind of seemed like you were reciting your jokes, and I was like, like a month <laughs> and a half, and like, that's exactly what I was, that's exactly, <laughs> that was exactly my plan. Did he know, was, did he know you were a month and a half yet? Yeah, I mean, he's just, I mean, he wasn't a comic, so. Ah. I mean, yeah, and so I don't think he ever even watched my set again. Yeah. And so, but um, did they not have like a DIY kind of scene happening? No, at all? they do now. Yeah, but they did not. We did not have that. Okay, we were doing open mics, and it ended up just being us 
doing five minutes to each other. And so there's there was a time you can ask some Houston comics. There was a time where like we just did a lot of wordplay at each other because we thought it was funny. Yeah, like it wouldn't have even like gone in that direction if it wasn't just each other. It's like you know a what comedy I mean? click almost, and it just like with your friend right. groups where like just have I don't know like a catchphrase will like resonate. Well, right. that's all that'll work if you or I just have to be talking to each other over and over again. You right. Can, yeah. yeah. Uh, so how many open mics were there? There were, I mean, there were a good amount. I mean, there were, you know, probably four or five a week at least. Mm -hmm. And then they had, people would have bringer shows. There were a couple people in town that ran bringer shows where it was like, you sell these 25 tickets to your friends and family. (laughs) And you can do this much time. And there were people on the show that did that, that were not comics. Like, we had never seen them around, but they can sell 25 tickets on the show. So it's like, I'm not going to convince my friends and family to, like, come to this shitty show. (laughs) full of people whose only requirement is that you can sell 25 tickets to gullible folks i i wish those people the best i wish they would go to mics more it's not from like a earn it perspective it's like you look bad on this show that you got on you will look appropriate a mic right but if you just finagle yourself on this thing you're just gonna look like a not comic right yeah. yeah, but please bring your friends to open my <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be your, great. Your family's going to be disappointed. In yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Before we talk about, um, you know, deciding to move to Austin and how that went, can you tell us w- things that you think that you got out of starting in Houston that maybe someone starting in Austin wouldn't have gotten? Um, yeah. Um, you had to be quick. Like, there, I mean, when we did have crowds at a lot of the open mics in Houston, like, they were not ready for comedy they were not planning on it and they're yeah. just like not fucking around with they anybody weren't. that they don't like they're just like quick to judge not indulging you yeah so like i learned early on to like start trimming fat of things like just like get to it because otherwise you can lose folks quickly and if you do that i mean it's just like you know it can be hard to get control of a room that's getting like you know whatever really. 10 cent wings or some crazy right. special that they had for the comedy yeah night. like they might give you a chance for 10 seconds and yeah. if you lose it yeah yeah i found that Austin. i mean austin is always been amazing but people in austin are nice like if people are sitting in front of a stage like they feel bad being dicks a lot of the time <laughs> a lot of places in especially those mics they were just like no man i am here with my friends <laughs> you're doing whatever you're doing over there yeah we'll see yeah yeah uh, all right, cool. So then you decided to move to Austin for the comedy scene, right? Yeah. Uh, I had visited a lot. And uh, I'd done Cap, the open mic a couple times, and Coal Town a couple times. Ramin was running it then, and he oh, helped wow. me out um, and put me on that. And it was always amazing. So I was just like, I realized that the Houston scene needed a whole bunch of work. And to be honest, I was like, I'm not willing to put in the work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess we could all start because we were all talking about it, like we could start doing shows. We could start trying to promote and like get a local scene. But it was just like, I don't want have time for that. I found myself like plateauing as far as how good I was at joke writing and all of that. Yeah. And so I decided to move to Austin and, uh, it was amazing. I mean, Austin's always been phenomenal. To and me. I, I the amount of stage time alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, and I, I'd want to put work into a place where you felt like it had potential too. Right. Because like I, I was thinking the same thing. Like I, I like putting 
that kind of work in, but there's, but I can't pat myself too much on the back because this is the kind of place where there's already kind of a vibrant sort of right. scene, and you're just kind of hoping to add to that. Yeah. You're not like, well, if this doesn't work, I guess our scene sucks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's not a, this huge yeah. game. And I don't, don't want to make it sound like Houston, like oh, I said. Oh, no. Well, yeah, yeah. I've, I've said this a ton of times. If Houston was like it is now when I was there, I probably wouldn't have moved. Yeah. yeah. Because you with be part of the that. festivals and with Secret Group and mm-hmm. with all of like the DIY shows that they have going that are amazing. Yeah, they've got awesome stuff yeah. going on. Like right after I moved, like Gay Bravo and all those guys started, Secret Group started popping up and then everybody put in a lot of work into that scene and the festivals and all that. It's yeah. so much better now. I, I did Houston Whatever Fest a few months ago. Yeah. It was one of the best days of my life. That's, That's awesome. awesome. I, yeah. I, I wish that I, I could only be there for one day. And I was like, oh, if I'd known that it was going to be this great, I would not have scheduled it this way. And, and not to shit on the clubs. They clearly are important and have their place and everything like that. But like, if you had to wait on the clubs to help you develop, like if you yeah. were only doing stuff that they were offering, right. yeah. that's years behind. Whereas right. yeah. you can get a bunch of friends who have some sense about how to produce shows. Hopefully right. they're, they have common sense and they make good shows. Then you just get better way quicker. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned stage time, of course, in Austin. Um, but are there things specifically about Austin, other than all, all the stage time that you got, that you quickly were, were learning different things than you were learning in Houston? Uh, yeah, I feel like Austin's got... I feel like Austin's a pretty solid sample group of mm. folks. Uh, it's a, there, there's a lot of crowds in Austin. Not all of them, but there's a lot of them. We're missing are, a few races, but yeah, right. But are but are very good barometers yeah. as far as like what is funny and what is not funny. Mm-hmm. As far as like, there's people from all over the country here, whereas in like Houston, like especially like at the joke joint or. Mm where when especially when it used to be a showcase it was like pasadena texas crowd like you were telling jokes to people who lived in pasadena texas and that's it yeah you know what i mean but you know in austin there's tons of folks from everywhere you know you get a good gauge of um it just it was clear that austin i mean and it still is it's like a phenomenal place to get work done in like you can figure out a lot of stuff just off of local shows here in austin and it's like the you have that variety in each place, but you have the variety at different places. Like it feels right. like at Cap City, it's a little bit more like that's a that feels like a working Austin place. You mm-hmm. get Valve, you get like more touristy right. kind of people. Right. You can do the the better theater shows, and you get more of like an art house theatrical right. cla- uh, crowd. We've got some college shows. Absolutely. We've got some yeah. working class shows. We've got some you know hipster stuff. There's yeah, there's yeah, lots there's of tons. different crowds. Yeah. And yeah, it's not that in every venue you get everything. It's yeah, you can go around all these different venues and get all these little different kinds of people. Uh, do you have any plans to or any idea that you might move? Uh, LA, New York, or whatever, one day. Yeah, probably LA at some point. I gotta save money first, but uh, <laughs> you already hear, folks. He's moving at some point. At Write some that on your point. calendars. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> Just like everybody else in Austin, <laughs> I will eventually move to LA. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so you do want comedy to be your your career? Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm really trying to. I mean, I'm I'm still back in the whole I don't want a situation where there's another feasible option for me to not do it because I, I honestly it's a thing of like I don't trust myself to not take it easy out if uh-huh. I can yeah. especially you know in hard I mean? months right sure yeah. I think that's something I don't think that has come up on the podcast before but that's a good point that's something I think about is that 
you know, I think people don't realize how important that is. That if you, and, and to know yourself, that if right. you have an easy out, that you'll take it. If you're the kind of person who can have lots of options and still throw yourself into this yeah. and all of the difficulties right. and questionings and years and, and um, you know, disillusionments and everything right. that you're ever going to have, and you can, fine. Yeah. But for a lot of people, the, the ones who have the good jobs... Right. We'll see. Well, the the other thing about I I always like this because I, I think that's very true. I like the idea of like it's not wrong to quit. You just know when to quit, mm-hmm. and right. the when to quit is you don't quit when it sucks. Yeah. You quit when you're at the steak rest or whatever your fantasy is at the steak restaurant drinking wine. You're gonna get laid later. This is the happiest you've ever been in comedy. If you can be like you know this this is just is not what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. real. Yeah. If you just if it just sucks and you don't want to do it anymore, right. I mean maybe you shouldn't do it too. But it's like that's not a real decision. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, do you have a long term goal uh, in terms of how how you want to make your money with stand up? Uh, yeah, I mean I'd like to get hand over fist that <laughs> <laughs> forcing people. Um, <laughs> I'd like to get I'd like to get a situation where I have a draw and I can headline. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also love a situation where I could get a writing job. That would be awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as stand-up goes, I mean, the goal is to just be able to headline clubs. I have a rotation yeah. of clubs I can headline you every want to year. Tour around. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, absolutely. That has been the goal from day one is to just make my money doing stand-up. And oh. that's how you do it, you know. Yeah. Well, so you, if you had your ideal life in that way you would live in LA but then um, every year would you do sort of I mean I don't even know what all the different patterns are but you travel for several months at a time just going around the country headlining different clubs yeah I mean well hopefully it would be a situation where I could just fly out for a weekend mm-hmm. or, yeah, the weekend and then come back for like three days and then yeah that would be amazing mm-hmm. yeah and so in terms of getting that draw, do you have a plan? Uh, no, I don't have like a strategic plan. <laughs> Be great. Well, I, I think was like a now reanalyzing <laughs> I guess I don't know if I do have a plan. Well, I mean, to, to, to my mind, and that's Can part of Can we write one up this. right now? <laughs> well, that's yeah. part of why I, well, that's a big why I do this podcast is like, so how do you get the draw? We now do I this think. Podcast. Well, how, why, we I wanted together, to, why I wanted to do the podcast. I don't know why you wanted to. <laughs> I just uh, want to be included. You just wanted to make friends. <laughs> uh, is that, so how do you get that draw? And I think there's a few ways, right? So if you get famous through movies and TV stuff, and right. then and then you also do comedy, you can kind of go that route. Um, I think via podcasts, um, not like this one, but like podcasts that appeal to non-comics and everything. Sure. Um, that you Outsider can, baseball. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that some people are able to build that kind of... Or some kind of YouTube thing. Right. Uh, or, I mean, there are people who do tour around and just, I think, in this kind of piecemeal, grassroots way, um, sure. build an audience. But you have to be very yeah. savvy about, you know... Um, marketing yourself and, and building and it that takes fan base. 30 years and it takes right. i was gonna say and it takes decades <laughs> it takes and forever and yeah. the clubs have to love you and you have to you know right you have to yeah you have to keep getting ass back you have to be consistent mm-hmm. um and I, you know there's certain things that i think help like if you know if you're able to get like a tv spot like a late night spot not just like you know you don't have to be on a tv show or in a movie but like you know what i mean just like if you Credits. do that five minute set somewhere 
um, where it does get, I mean, that's, you get a draw some. that way. Yeah, it helps some. And then, well, then also just saying, oh, okay, well, I did Conan or I did whatever. I mean, you're going to be able to get booked at more clubs. Yeah. The thing about it is you don't always have to have, you don't have to fill every seat. Yeah. Like if you fill some of the seats, that's great. But the club itself, if you get into a good club, has a draw. I right. mean, there's tons of people that go to Cap City every weekend not knowing who that comic yeah, that's is. It's got to be such a good they, audience, too. Right. Because mm-hmm. they're for comedy. Right. Yeah. Like they're going to Cap because they like the experiences they've had at Cap. Yeah. yeah. So you don't, I mean, there's tons of, there's tons of times I've worked with headliners at Cap that I had never met until I got that weekend or heard of. Mm-hmm. And they don't really have a draw in Austin. They would say it themselves. But the shows were still good. I mean, Cap has a draw. Oh, yeah. if, you know what I mean? If, if I've never heard of a comic, they don't have a draw. And not not because right. I know them so much, but I mean like... You have a pretty good... I ju- well, just as a comic who's a fan of comedy, right. I have a, a little deeper well than most people. Yeah. And I feel like if I... And, then, and they still are headlining. Right. That, no, right? totally. That makes me feel really good. Right. Well, yeah. and they have... I mean, they have people in Austin. Like, there's people that follow them from years of them performing Mm -hmm. that live in Austin or there's people they probably have a podcast that yeah for sure no I think you can a certain amount of folks listen to in Austin or whatever yeah Yeah, I think you can still build up a a draw in that organic way and like you say it's not even completely a draw like but you work your way through the club system and you have and you manage those relationships and develop those relationships and I, I think that you seem particularly well suited to that um just in terms of you're so consistent you know, you. and the clubs like you. Obviously, they they give you a lot of work, and so yeah, I could see that really being viable. I, just to contrast to me, who I don't think <laughs> would ever. <laughs> yeah, I, you have better social skills, I think. Uh, so, in terms of short term goals, short term goals, yeah, um, saving money for LA. I sure. Um, right now, I've been focusing on both of my live shows, like the the shows that um, I do, and I don't. It's kind of weird for me because it's not stand-up when I'm working on those because I don't do stand-up yeah. in either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't tell my jokes in either of those. It's just like a um, like peep show, which is we mystery science theater, vintage pornography. Is that, is yeah. that a pervert? Yeah. It's vintage <laughs> porno. We watch it. We make fun of it. But that is a thing that I don't, I can't really plan a lot. Like, And I yeah. can't really write. I can't do my stand-up. I don't do my stand-up in it. But you're working on chops of some sort because you do a lot of banter lot yeah of i'm trying to get stuff. i'm trying to get looser on stage and i'm trying to give i just got so tired of doing my own jokes on my own shows like, yeah and i ran just normal stand-up shows for years and it'd be one would come and go and i would start one up and then but the only shows that have stuck around is something that like added something else to it and yeah. made it different and uh, for me, it's like it's my own show. So number one, it's probably one of the most comfortable times I feel on stage. So it's easier for me to be like looser and stuff like that. But yeah, trying to like. Sp- and then and then your other show. Yeah, we were young. When we were young, when yeah. We were, yeah, 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 yeah. Where we show. I mean, and, kid, and people do. People do stand up on that show. I don't do stand up on yeah. it. But um, yeah, we just show like childhood photos of the comics after they tell jokes, and then we just kind of make fun of them when they were kids you you just. and rob and just a few other people have the market cornered on like theme shows that actually don't take away from the stand-up right somebody said that you said so maybe you can confirm this that like the way you look at it is 
like you just create this lens it's like a filter or someone yeah, yeah yeah right right and i thought that was really good because it was like you understood the problem of like well okay it's fun to do a theme thing but like i can't right. actually detract from it or i can like put comics in a position they don't necessarily want right. to be in or whatever well yeah Ariel's all, every show's like this too like i feel like you're like right. okay let's work on this specific oh. thing we all right. want to be good at mm-hmm. it's a um yeah there's a I, I remember when i was trying to think of uh, format for when we were young I was just trying to think of a show that we could do that wasn't just a stand-up show yeah and I was trying to think of some of like the best stand-up shows out there seven minutes in hell is one of them if y'all know about that one so, remind me Ian, it definitely sounds familiar Ian Abramson runs it he um, it's a situation where like the comic is in like a soundproof booth oh and like ha- or has like yeah, I've heard, I've heard this yeah. before you tell jokes <laughs> I did it on Hell Yes Fest in New Orleans I was on like on a balcony at the new movement in New Orleans and then uh, the crowd was getting like they, my set was getting Skyped into them down there and you can't tell yeah and that's like for me that was like that I I even before I even got to do it when I heard about it I messaged him and asked him if I could do one here in Austin yeah like would you be down to like expand it to Austin I would love yeah. to host that because it was genius to me because when you're starting a new show you have a couple options it's like Number one, you can do a straight-up stand-up show. Everybody brings their own content. But that's the issue is content, yeah. right? Okay, so you can create the content, right? Which can suck yeah. to create that much content. Yeah. You can rely the, you can make the comics, rely on them. You can ask them to create the content if it's not their own stand-up. Which can be asking a lot. Which is asking a lot, and we all know comics. <laughs> or you can... Oh, I'll write it five minutes. I'll write it on the drive over to the right. show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'll work on it in the green room. Mm. Or you can figure out a lens or a filter to where that the content that's already been created, the content they already have... Can be enhanced or played can be, with. Yeah, yeah, where it seems like... And it feels like something different. And it is something different. But you're not... All you're doing is... I mean, Seven Minutes in Hell is beautiful for that because you're just doing ian's not writing anything he's not yeah creating thing for that show every fucking you know yeah. month or week or whatever he's just putting a filter on it and it's this amazing new thing it's not a normal stand-up yeah and it and it's uh it, i think the idea is is it, you know when like people name a show and you can tell they just had they had like two days left or they only had two days and they had to come up with a name mm-hmm. so yeah. they just picked it or you there's some people have a name like chortle portal to me is like that mm-hmm. they thought of that and they were like i got do a it. show yeah. Yeah. and it feels like shows like that too where it's like okay we have to we need some idea to make this interesting or stand out or what's maybe worse sometimes the it's a theater venue so they they want it to be a little bit more like different or theatrical or something like that and it felt like you guys had an idea as opposed to like, let's just also throw like, oh, you're doing your act, but people are throwing sponges at you. Or right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of, at first I thought of a show called like Dear Santa, where I was like, I got old Dear Santa letters, but I was like, that might be kind of scarce to find. Yeah. And then I was like, well, what if I just did, you know, childhood stuff in general? And then we started doing that. And it's the thing about it. I mean, it's. Both of my shows, when we were young and Peep Show, ended up being way more work than I had planned for because getting all of the childhood photos and like scanning them in and with Peep Show, like we can't really show, we have to censor it. Yeah. We can't show all the pornography. And so like, <laughs> I, I've been doing the editing on it. And so like I have you to can't edit. show all the pornography. Well, we can't show like penetration. And there's a law when it was that new movement, it was completely fine. But yeah. there's a law about 
serving alcohol and showing nudity. Oh, oh interesting. That is interesting. It's, it affects. It's the same law that affects strip clubs where, that where are fully now, nude. Uh, spider House. Oh, so that's spider where the fully nude ones are BYOB. Yeah, that's why the fully nude ones are BYOB. It's like your movement. Hey, we could do fully nude stripping at, well, I think they do have a naked show somewhere. Let's turn new movement into a strip club. A strip club. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do that. Well, no, but Jared and I at my bachelor party, we had this idea, well, Jared had this idea, like, it, how much better would we get if people were throwing dollars at us? Oh yeah, yeah. Comedy, oh, yeah. Yeah, like strippers. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's do you a see theme people show. Real try. Actually, let's just do that because I need money. Like, <laughs> can we just let's, do it. Let's, call it, let's call it the boob movement. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get really we, good at like doing that move that strippers get good at, which is that they can kind of sexually walk over and grab the money yeah, off the yeah, floor. Exactly. Right? You're just like trying to have a casual conversation can we set call up it and side then, boobs. Side yeah. boobs. Uh-huh. I mean I'm I'd be down. Yeah, I think we should start that soon. Well, we'll have to pitch it to New Movement at the next juncture. Um, or I'll just turn my show into that. <laughs> By the way, not only are you heckling, but you're also throwing money at us. Thanks. All right. All right thanks. Welcome to Side Boobs. <laughs> Welcome to Side Boobs. That's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Uh, all right. So that's interesting. You said you so right now you're working on making those two shows really good. And so one of the things that you said is that you're working on um, ban- being banterier. Um, yeah, being looser. Yeah, because your style is um, very like you you know your act and mm-hmm. it's you're like you have these funny you know ways of saying things that 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 you do. So I'm interested in how you developed that style. Have you were you always that way, or did you try out the silly uh, wordplay in Houston or whatever? Yeah, I've always been kind of like I've always been focused on consistency more than anything, even at a mic, even. Mm-hmm. at anything like I'm gonna do well I'm gonna do better than the person before me or after me I'm gonna really try like I'm gonna pick the jokes that I need to pick to make that happen like there was when I first moved to Austin for like a month I think I did the same my best five minutes at like everything I did and just I would do my best I would come to open mic when I first moved here do my best five minutes and just leave right yeah. after. Like I wouldn't hang out or talk to anybody. And I just did that for like a month. And um, I knew a couple do that people for years. in Austin. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I mean, it was like, uh, it was just a thing of like, I'd never want anybody who's watching me. I want them or anyone who's seen me a couple times. I want them to not, especially when it comes to, it's mainly for people who book clubs. Like, I want them to know that they don't have to worry. Like, yeah. if they put me on a show, I'm going to do good. Like, it might not be, like, a whole bunch of new stuff, or it might not be a whole bunch of creative, like, super out there stuff, or, like, new type of, like, alty comedy or whatever, but it's, like, it might be, like, it's a, th- a thing that I'm not, I'm going to do my job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, mean, it's, I don't book a, a club, but we all book shows here. That's probably the number one thing. Being that consistent. I think about. Yeah, because because I, you just don't want anybody to be cost prohibitive. You right. don't want because somebody can fuck the show up for other people. Yeah, it may not matter that much, but it is the case if you put somebody who's really bad or prone to bomb, or this oh, is the sure. worst one that, that will be aggressive towards the crowd. Yeah, they will fuck up the show for the other people that exactly. you asked to be on it. Yeah. So yeah, I think. That's oh a yeah, real any comic thing. that I ever see get weird with the crowd in that way. 
I I probably would not book them until I see them at least five, six more times. Like, right. n- not ever do that again. Right. You know, I'm like, yeah. no, you're done. I'm not. Because yeah. the crowd is, can be terrified. Yeah. At some level, at least, at least potentially that like they're real scared. Shit is going to go off the rails. Yeah. Well, right. I watch, you know, and I'll watch audience members leave specific. Like, I, can, I see exactly what happened. Right. You know, this girl said something and then the, the comic said something kind of weird and she was like, what the fuck? I didn't. I wasn't trying to be yeah. and then she's like honey just get the tab we're leaving and yeah. I just, you just watch that and you're like fucking I'm not gonna book you buddy yeah you know you just specifically walked people right well and it's just a thing of like I've always and there's definitely a balance to it I'm definitely on one far end of the spectrum of mm-hmm. being overly prepared and overly probably overly focused on making sure I do well mm-hmm. um, and then there's probably the other end, far end of the spectrum where somebody goes up and they just do whatever every time and maybe not all of it lands but it's like they're they have fresh material all the time sure yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean so i think there's a a balance in there like i'm definitely i've always been trying to move closer to the looser side trying to be looser on stage yeah but my i always especially when i was first here um it was always like no i can't not one joke fails like Mm -hmm. i get something out of every single one if that means me telling a joke that i've told for three years already that's what that means yeah or that means me gauging it and being like well probably let's like stick to just surefire good material and it's like if i'm at an open mic i've gotten better to where i'm like this is an open mic i can try something or take a risk or try something new but like uh, for a long time, it was just like, I have to kill it every yeah. time, regardless of if I do anything new or not or anything yeah. like that. So there's definitely like, you want to be in the middle, I think. I'm definitely on the far end, I would say, as far as that That's goes. That's interesting that you think about kind of, you maybe being on the far end of that um, is, is your instinct or your where, where you tend to be, but just trying to edge your way slightly toward right. the middle. Whereas I think what I've done is gone from that far end of it when I started to try to like swinging the pendulum way far over to the other side and I feel like I keep swinging, swinging that pendulum and I'm hoping that I'm, I'm having smaller swings that are getting toward right. the middle. Um, but yeah, your way seems a lot smarter in a way to just like edge it from because that way you're right. always being consistent. And that's something I mean I admire about you is that it seems brave to get up there like when when all of these comics are watching most of the time there's and, and we've seen those to be able to get up there and do your act in that way is like I feel like afraid to do it because then it's also that like you know if the joke it doesn't work and you those people but, have seen it work before and now they see it not work right. and you feel like uncomfortable I don't know. but I think with comics like you never get tired of a good joke true you yeah. get tired of an okay joke right you get you but if I hear I may not laugh at something I've heard a lot but you you always appreciate it as like an artist or somebody yeah. who's like uh, I was gonna and I wanted to also ask you because kind of goes into the thing that I wanted to talk about which is that um, you're not just a good writer it seems like and I want to ask when this happens you're the performance is good right so you're somewhat uh, like um, what's the word like you have it planned out but if it wasn't if you weren't good at performing those as if you this is the first time you thought of it mm-hmm. you couldn't mm-hmm. do it yeah. And I'm just curious, is that something that happens to the writing or do you, where, where does that like the inflection that you can consistently deliver? Where does right. that happen? Um, I mean, it happens from, I think it, I think it's a thing. Like I've always had a mindset of, I'm, especially starting on comedy. It's like, okay, well I'm going to, 
early on, I was like, I'm going to have to build something. You know what I mean? At yeah. first, it was like, I'm going to build a 15-minute set. And then, okay, well, now I'm going to build a 30. But I always think about it as like, here's the things that I'm working on. And then this can go into the pile of things that are done. And I can always go to the pile of things that are done yeah. to deliver a good set or a consistent set if I need to. You know, And so I'm thinking about or a half or years thinking about an hour that is functional as that, that I could do. Um, and I realized a long time ago that I was like, I had the feeling like, Oh, these comics have heard these jokes before, but these, those are the comics. Like if this is a good yeah. crowd, if this is a big crowd of people and they haven't heard my jokes before, yeah. but they're going to hear them. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I, I abandoned a long time ago. Oh, the comics have heard this joke before. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's fine. You you should have at this point. But I'm trying to work on something and build something that is going to be good. And it's, if it's consistent a thousand times, then it's going to be consistent when it's... A thousand when and I f- one times. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and a lot of my jokes um, I wrote years ago, but they've changed drastically. Like, yeah. they've been trimmed down. They've been adjusted. They've been attached to other things. They've been... And so it's still like I'm still working on them. I feel like a lot of comics come up with bits and they're great bits, but they feel like, oh, I've been doing this for a while now in Austin. It's like the country has not heard that <laughs> bit. You know what and I mean? still most Austinites haven't. Right. I mean, Mac, yeah. Mac Blake said a very similar thing about like, right. how he's like when he headlined at Valve recently, it wasn't going to be a bunch of like Mac heads who all had like his. Oh, he yeah. gave us the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't ever happen. Right. Well, and I just, what you made me uh, think of is that too, like when, even if I've seen a comics joke, I can still be like excited to see an audience react to it, you know. Right. So I, yeah, just to get over my own neurosis about worrying about the comics, it's like, yeah, just because they've seen you tell the joke doesn't mean they're going, oh, God, this shit again. I've heard this. Like right. that's how paranoid I am. But is most of the time they're right. they're either thinking, you know, oh, this will be fun to watch these people react to this. They'll be grossed out, or I've seen this before. I'll go smoke, but that doesn't mean that they hate me. Yeah, the, right. well, the paranoia issues. is about funny, I think, because mm-hmm. like the, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, trying. Work hard, and yeah. I, yeah I was like, um, but it's it's more about if you're not funny, that's the danger. The only people that I'm like, oh, this joke again, again well, is oh, when it's not funny. Point. Yeah, it's when it's not funny. If it is right. funny, then yeah, that's a good point. Well, and I think a lot of comics just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of comics, like even like if you're just like, don't think about yourself in the league of like with headliners. It's like yeah, Louis C.K. is dropping a new hour every year. Or these comics, it's like they're getting five hours on stage every week. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Imagine the work. Yeah, give me five hours on stage in front of a good crowd. Yeah, that is excited to see me. A week. Yeah, I could build an hour in a year, a great hour, I'm sure. But it's yeah. like you don't have that time here in Austin. It's and like you- get to the build what you have now and make it good enough to where someone gives you the opportunity. To get to, those six hours right. away. Right. I mean, it's like, that's where you get the workout in. Like, that's where you get, that's where you build that. And Otherwise. You, and you had to distribute it in a certain way, because, like, those guys worked for 25 hours, or sorry, 25 years to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he started, right. you know, four years into comedy, and he was like, you know, I'm, not, I'm just going to burn my material every right. year. It wasn't in any, you know, he had to right. get to a point where he had the capacity to create this process to be able to write that quality material. Right. right. Uh, That's why a lot of comics, their first album is their best album. Yeah. Because it is the, culmin- the culmination of 
all of the best jokes they've written in the past 10 years, 10 years, you know, decade. And then it's like, that was fucking great. We're going to give you another one next year. And he's like, okay, well that's going to be a culmination of the best jokes from this past year. (laughs) You know what I mean? So yeah, it kind of feels like, okay, if you do your first album at 10 years, maybe the second one should be at like 15 and the next one should be at 17 and a half. But I think the hope is that also that first four years or whatever it is, like it's not that none of those jokes could have been good, but that, you know, so much of that is not is about like getting better on stage, right? Mm-hmm. And then hopefully, I think it balances out where it's like by the time you get to the second thing, you're a better performer and a better writer. So now you're you can mobilize it a little bit more. And like you said, now you also have access to better crowds and you're doing it a right. lot and stuff like that. Um, but I am I'm still specifically interested in because like so we had Mac on and you remind me of him in this respect that the way that you tell your jokes is as important as the jokes. Sure. Interestingly enough, I, I don't, do you write on stage? Because you would think you do um, based on this, like, oh, this is cat meat. Yeah. Like that is exactly how that needs to sound. Right. And I'm curious, is that in your head when the idea hits you or is it like you had to work that shit out over yeah. a certain period? There's a lot of jokes that I had to kind of work out. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of the way I tell a lot of the jokes. I mean that that cat meat joke does not make sense on paper because the punchline is a cadence change. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just. Um, um, I think it's just a thing of I, I never actually write just on paper. Like I never word for word write out anything. I usually just name my jokes, and if they're good enough, I should remember the way they go. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah so it's always just for me speaking i don't really write down on paper the way that i talk yeah yeah, yeah. and so it helps me to just speak it out and that's usually where a lot of those cadence things come from and tweaking that type of stuff over you know you know i told that joke i probably i think i might have wrote that joke right when i first moved to austin so that cat me joke i've been telling for a while but when i first started it i remember doing a joke in houston that joke started out with me talking about eating horses and nobody was about it. Everybody <laughs> hated it. And there was, I remember there was a time that I was, there was an open mic crowd that really hated me talking about eating horses. And I remember just going, oh, cause everybody saw Seabiscuit in 2001. <laughs> can't. Like I, it was like a dig out that I had already like <laughs> had in my, I was like, okay, I'll bring up Seabiscuit. But that ended up turning into, uh, cats and it ended up turning into and then i started telling that joke and then i actually got a cat and i had a cat somebody gave me a cat that i had lived with previously like a roommate that i had yeah. previously so i like that cat so i took that cat in and then joke even got better because i was able to put in a jacket joke i wrote about the cat before that so it's like people know i have a cat yeah, and yeah. i love him mm-hmm. so then now it makes it easier to talk about eating cat right. <laughs> yeah because yeah, you don't so sound like all folds into like yeah. it gets yeah. better over time if i would have thrown that joke out years ago which there were plenty of times i probably should have when i was talking about eating horses but just that whole idea because i did the inflection change even with the horses yeah. like um there's just that idea got better over time and that i think it's really good advice too in that uh because i i had this thought like people are afraid to let not good jokes yet 
go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, a like, no, I know there's something here. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, because you can take them up later. Yes. Right. Like later on. There's yeah, no, I don't mean bury them like no, no, the yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 bury yeah. them to let them grow later. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, and I have all these notebooks and like periodically you just look through it mm-hmm. and, or I'll say something on stage that I wrote seven years ago in my diary when I thought I was going to maybe do comedy one day or something but like that or like or stuff that there's stuff that you just are not good enough to do but that you write in your first year or whatever and then eventually you figure out how to make it funny right you get a better perspective on it or Mm -hmm. whatever and you learn jokes better because I think there's so many times I see I probably mentioned this on the podcast a lot there's so many times I see newer comics uh, and I mean like brand new comics because I'm mm. only two years in, so <laughs> newer than you, <laughs> newer yeah. than me, uh, and they'll the joke that they're trying to tell doesn't work. But you can definitely see that they've located some kind of irony right. or right. some sort of situation. Right. Guy the, took a shit in the bank; he shouldn't have done that. Yeah, has no idea to make that a joke. But very clearly, like I wouldn't have expected that goofy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So later on, you'll, you'll you maybe it get out. it. Yeah. So you said, have you ever? Uh, you've never written out jokes word for word, really? Uh, I've tried a couple times. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's just like, it'll be like the joke name. And then like, if I feel like I'm not going to remember it, like a couple keywords of like. <coughs> kind of what the punchline. Yeah. Or just like the or... tags on it. If I need to remember a tag. Uh, so when do you, when do you do your, we'll call it writing, but your joke development? Uh, a lot of times when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. I usually write a joke every time I go visit my parents in Houston. And I'll like turn off all of my music and while I'm driving and just think about one joke that I pick and um, yeah no driving really helps me think about jokes if I have and you specifically turn off all stimuli yeah yeah because it makes me try to entertain myself kind of like I'm at least my brain's gonna be going if there's nothing else on I'm gonna be thinking about something and when you do that you're not just going all right let's let's see what happens in my brain you'll specifically think like here's a joke that I want to work on let's start thinking about it yeah I'll start thinking of the way I've been thinking about it recently is like chunks like I want to chunk of about this like I have a couple different jokes about having kids I've been trying to like put them all together in one thing, yeah. But just thinking about how they can flow together and anything new that could connect them, and and that's a fun experiment right there because you kind it's not like brand new shit where you have to feel kind of insecure about the things you're saying. It's like you know all that stuff kind of. Oh, I love recombining. Yeah, and then because then you're like okay, and and you get to find out like oh this works way better now that they've had more time to think about the concept. Right, Right. and sometimes you get a call. Back out of it and yeah. stuff. It's like, yeah, recombining yep. jokes. I think that's something that people should think about if if they're newer and haven't. Like, whatever jokes you have, see what happens when you put some. You know, you try right. to combine those things. See what happens when you try to have a transition. See what happens when you try to connect ideas within jokes. Because a lot of times you wind up feeling like, holy crap. How did I never put these jokes together before? They're so clearly related. Right. You They're know? so clearly. I like only I think about five topics. So. I think it just gets. I think it gets to the point where people start doing longer sets and they start thinking about like the first time I ever did 30 minutes I quickly realized that I had like 24 jokes written down like separate jokes like Mm. I was just like these are just random and out of place and there's at some point like because a longer set like that's like more like a conversation like there has to be a flow to it like a 10 minute set you can hit them with you know what I mean seven or eight jokes and you're just like rattling them off but when you start to try to like 
form a bunch of minute and a half jokes into 30 minutes, you're just like, okay, well, these have got to chunk together better, you know? Yeah. I've it, seen two bad examples of that, like that were bad for specific reasons. I'm not going to name the names. Uh, one was a comic that's a killer with 10 minutes. And then after 30 minutes, it's the first time I saw them do 30 minutes, it was like, this is exhausting. Mm, mm-hmm. Because yeah. the person always operates at a very high energetic, because you need to, at, when you're at an open mic, right. yeah. and you need to be like, I'm one of the good ones. Everybody pay attention to me. Right. right. And then seeing this person do 30 minutes, I was like, I need a fucking cigarette. Right. I haven't smoked in four years, I need a cigarette. And then the other one was, all the jokes were funk mechanical and worked. But we're trivial. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. oh, this is 45 minutes of not getting to know this person. Right. right. Shit. It, you, you also have to, like, yeah, at some point it's, it's got to have some meaning. It's mm-hmm. got the content has got to get heavier and yeah. way more. Right. You got to be talking about something bigger than you were before. And yeah. Like, or, I've tried to use filler trivial jokes, like, at the end of a 30 minute set, <laughs> and people don't like them. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. Ugh, why are you talking about rollerblading right now? <laughs> I mean, you're really like, you know, yeah. um, composing a symphony um, when you're. <laughs> I'll stop. But, that, but that's, what's that way. that's what we all have to look forward to in terms, if we're going to keep doing this, even if we're at a lower level. It's like, oh, there's this artistic component yeah. that I haven't we got to. We are artists. Uh, yeah, I haven't even got Hurrah. to yet, though. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm doing what I'm doing, and then yeah. later on, you get to figure out, oh, how do I yeah. put the whole thing together and stuff like that? Yeah, it's, it's not just it's about figuring cool. out a joke or something like that. You know, and Zach, you said something that made me think of a realization that I've had recently, which is, because I don't do this often enough, is that if you do take the time to you know, take a walk or a drive or whatever and just again go, I'm going to think about this joke. I'm going to think mm-hmm. of, or this topic that I've been trying to write a joke about or this thing that needs, there's not a laugh uh, quickly enough between these two things or whatever. You, your brain really will figure that out, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time. But it, you actually have to just schedule that time to, yeah. to have that take away the stimuli, whatever it is for you, walking or, or driving or whatever. Um, but there's just so much of the day that we're running around and doing this and doing mm-hmm. that and, you know, messaging these people and even, you know, putting, thinking about this, your set. But just that time to specifically go, I want to think about this joke. Right. Let's figure it out. And it, it works. Right. Yeah, no, I do that a lot. Like, I'll be, I'll be, it's usually in the car, but even at home, I'll be, if I want to do a new joke that night, like, okay, I'm going to say this out loud. How mm-hmm. are you going to say it? A lot of times I've thought of a joke and I've gotten on, since I have, I don't write them down word for word, I'll get on stage and I'm like, I haven't really worked this out like I thought I did. Yeah. I had like an idea, but I didn't think of all of the details of how I was going to perform it. And so, like, yeah, no, I'll be in my car just running, uh, running a bit, like in traffic. Yeah, that's know. what I was going to ask too. So when you, you kind of will think about it, but then do you, out loud? Yeah, um, I'll say it out loud it. the way yeah. I would want to say it. Yeah, yeah. What I, until until I feel comfortable with it. It's not like I'm doing it over and over and over again. But I'll think about it and just yeah, no, yeah. That should be compelling because like I think it's a coincidence, but like four or five people in a row who are obviously good headliners have been on the show and have talked about talking mm-hmm. out loud. Oh, yeah. You gotta for see me. how you, it sounds. Oh, Do yeah. it Just mute, Mac, Vanessa all said, and now you all said like, no, I'll say I'll do it out yeah, loud. Yeah, I can't imagine it. who's not ever doing it out loud. Oh, That's I mean, crazy. because I, me, I oh, mean, really? like I know. There's I, a I, lot of people who try for the first time on stage. Like yeah, they have yeah. it written out, they know how they're gonna say it, but yeah. I do, well, I'll just do it at the open mic uh, because that's it I feels mean, like I that's a free way to do it. The, yeah, but 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 still, I mean, but it, you can get so much done before you get to an open mic if you. It's uh, just, I just mean I think smart 
but feel can feel weird mm-hmm. it does yeah you know what i mean like yeah. so not that you shouldn't do it just that it's there is a kind of like it can feel weird just doing a bit out loud to yourself that's what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why there's so many comics that are like hey i got this bit let me run it by yeah. you yeah. and they're like well, let me do it to at least a pair of ears yeah. so i wonder weird. Yeah. i wonder how many people who know me to whatever extent have seen me just walking and talking to myself let's see you do it all the time clearly doing it yeah if you're walking ahead of me in uh, in a parking lot I'm almost always talking to myself sometimes it's not even about comedy but I am always just talking to myself that's scarier no I'll even like yeah even when I'm walking around I'll be thinking if I'm thinking of a joke I'll I'll, like I'll say it maybe sub vocalizing it yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and my girlfriend will be like what did you say and I'm like I'm just Just, do it I'm just (laughs) saying talking about airplanes over here (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) poop and tampons and I I also I don't know if this um i don't know if this works for other people but that's the one of the best ways for me to start writing if i want to sit down and write uh i'll just th- take one of my bits that already works see if i can write another tag to it or just look at it and then that's a good way for me to get into writing new stuff yeah. it's really hard to just sit down and be like be funny yeah but if i get yeah. if i start thinking about one of my bits that kind of works then it's like okay i know how, now i'm in the mode of this is how you say a joke this is yeah yeah or, yeah too true or I, listening to comedy sometimes helps with that um so i'm interested in this because so when i started and i was very very scripted um I, and I, as i've gotten away from that part of my issue is i've because i used to rehearse a lot too not just singing mm-hmm. out loud but being very rehearsy and it just made me so stilted and so i'm curious with you because you you do it's like try to figure out like the best way to perform your right. bits how do you avoid like getting stilted to the point where you're in your head about it or if someone does heckle at all or if something weird happens like you don't kind of get flustered or lose your place or like how how are you able to be present but also you know have your have your act so well defined yeah um i've tried i mean there was definitely times like in the first couple of years that like I had, I would have trouble. Like if somebody heckled me, like I didn't know what to do on stage or if, you know, there wasn't a mic stand, yeah. you know, like I wouldn't know. What, <laughs> like I, I still like, if there's not a mic stand, like I'm okay. But at the same time, Sorry, I'd rather yeah. have a place to rest my hand. Cause yeah, I yeah. don't know what to do yeah, with, with that. The hand the thing, yeah. But it's like, the, uh, I mean, I think it just came from doing it as much as I could and just like feeling like, okay, if anybody heckles me, I can handle it. Or I can deal with it. And I just figured out early on that it doesn't really work for me to go mean at a heckle. So I always just kind of go, it's like, if I have to address it, I will just be like, eh, why are you being mean to me? You know what I mean? That usually is like, okay, well, I don't want to be, they're usually like, I don't want to be a huge asshole. This guy is mm-hmm. not trying to come back at me. Um, but yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, as far as like being mercy, like there were parts of it, a, a big thing about it for me is... I realized that if I tell a joke the same exact way for too long, it gets like stale. Like the mm-hmm. way I tell it gets stale. I don't care about it as much. So like tags, new tags on things. And mm-hmm. that ended up helping me make the jokes better and better as they go on. Just trying different, just like maybe it's just like one little thing, one word, one change, yeah. but that one change can make me excited about that joke again. Right. And then the way that I tell it is, you know, feels like i care about it because right. i do but if i just tell a joke that i've 
you know the same no that's a great that's a great piece of advice for that because that that helps me because if if i'm doing a bit you you, and you get that feeling too where you're like why am i doing this i already know it works and then you and that's when i get like i feel like an asshole in front of the other comics and stuff but if you even have one little new thing that is a funny thing or you're excited about it helps you to to care enough this is a little back of the room but I love when you have another tag to an older joke mm-hmm. and you say that at the open mic and then you'll get a big laugh from the comics yeah. because they especially didn't know you were going to say yes. that part right. and it works. That feels great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, that's not the and way And then in your was. heart, yeah. you know, you know it's coming. So you also have that little thing of like, yeah, yeah, they think I'm just telling that joke that they've heard me tell. Bam. Bam. And then, yeah, I got yeah. something else. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, I always try to like, I don't think, I think especially at open mics, like if you're at an open mic, for me, I try to not tell something that I'm not working on. I try to not tell a joke that I feel like I don't have anything to change to it. I want to change something to one of my jokes a lot of times. At least sandwich some of my old jokes in between a new joke, like that'll get me, like I have to make myself care about it. Otherwise, like there has been sets, like there were sets that were stale for me that I was telling jokes that had worked tons of times, but the way I was telling them because I didn't care about them made them not work as well. Right. Because a lot of it is in like my cadence and the way that I say things and I think uh, if I don't care about it it does definitely throw it off. Mm-hmm. And like this is only I hope this isn't too big of a tangent but I was also thinking there's a value in doing your old stuff and you have to have the discipline to do your old stuff to give the new stuff a chance. Yeah. Right. So many times on an uh, open mic or a lower stake show where it's like I wanted to start with the new thing because it feels good and right. it's like, oh, I got this next bit that's going to take me to the next level. Yeah. But it's like, well, if you really care about that new bit, you should give you it to, it's give it a chance. Be- exactly. You yeah. know what would be good is like if we all had a, a good bag of tricks, like in terms of openers that are quick but yeah. and effective, but you can't just have a couple because you can't just do them every fucking time. Oh, yeah. I got a lot. I need, yeah, I feel like I need, <laughs> I I need a few many. more of those. I honestly have like maybe two or three that I can use as an opener yeah. that I feel yeah. comfortable using as an opener. Yeah. And it just depends on the crowd. I mean, there's some yeah. jokes that I'm like, I could open with this joke, even though it's a little weird to open with that. But this crowd's a little weird. I think it'll work. But yeah, no, there's a lot of times where I'm like, well, this is a joke I'm going to do opening up because I at least want to My, my favorite thing it all. to do now like, on that respect, I've seen you do this. I don't know if you know you're doing it, but like where you have a long build Mm-hmm. early on but the joke is is short and works so it's like yeah. you're i mean this probably works better in certain environments or other, but where they think you're meandering and you're not right right i think for me to me i have faggot blap and <laughs> and artsy fartsy are both that way and it's also like you think i'm going one direction and then i'm gonna yeah. those are my favorite but those are both like it takes a minute minute and a half like i would right. prefer to have i have only a few that are more like 30 seconds and there's right. especially when you have a shorter set or an open mic set um, I just it's so much better if I could have like 10 solid 30 to 45 second opening bits that yeah. would be way better I've, I think I have like two or three yeah I would say I have that too or they're longer bits but there's a good laugh within that first 30 seconds yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and I don't think anybody should wait way much longer than that to make somebody laugh like that's a big yeah I mean it depends yeah but. especially if they're not like there to see you yeah yeah right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well we are running out of time a little bit do you have any questions before we get to our 
No, I think, bam, I think bam, we should probably get to our bam bam. That's, yeah. not what, that's not what that was for. <laughs> um, Zach, what is the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you about comedy? Um, I would say be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, Who told you that? Uh, that was that was something that I remember me and Andy Huggins talked about it. Huggins, Andy Huggins is a legendary comic yeah. that's uh, still in Houston. But me and Andy Huggins talked about consistency. Was he one of the what is it the the what is it, outlaws or something like yeah, the Houston yeah. guys? Yeah, he came up with like Bill Hicks. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kennison and everything. Yeah, he's uh, he was at the Comedy Store back in the day, and um, but. Uh, he was always at open mics. I mean, he would walk, like he would just be at the open mics with us. Um, and, uh, he would try new things, but he would always sandwich them. He would always make sure he had a good set. And then he would always, uh, I remember us when we talked about consistency, he was, he talked about how it's like, be consistent where, you know, it's going to be important for you to be consistent. Mm -hmm. Like if there's somebody in the room or if it's a club or if it's somebody that's good, you know what I mean? Like, if if there's a situation where you should be funny, be funny. But if there's a situation where you can get work done, get work done. But yeah, yeah I mean, be consistent when you need to be. Like make you know, make sure that people who put comics into slots know that they don't have to worry about you doing your time and doing well for that matter. You know, totally. That's good. No. Um. So there's a sort of version of that question, but if you could go back and give yourself advice. First two years, and it now strikes me that how different it yeah, is. Yeah, like, um, I would probably say do other stuff than stand up. Like mm, do um, and don't. I would have told myself not to run a normal stand up show. I would have told myself to run something different than that. Yeah, and do something different than that. And give yourself an outlet to do something other than just stand up. Give yourself an outlet to be more loose and comfortable on stage if you can. I would definitely, definitely could have benefited from that. Knowing that in Houston. Uh, and stuff like that but yeah I know that's been enormously helpful to me you know when I I mean I can't believe that I did that every week but doing the heckling and the riffing and the crowd work um, and I say that because I'm just hoping that someone because I love doing it once a month (laughs) right now but I would love I know we kind of have a riffing show I haven't I haven't seen spitballing yet but but if anyone wanted to start a crowd work show please don't feel like you're stepping on my toes I would love to do it so yeah um or any other weird theme that yeah I remember I think I did the heckle Mm -hmm. show when it was still you're still rotating it but that was fun I mean that's like that's what that's the thing that's like it's there's something different about it it's not just stand up and it's still in the wheelhouse of stand up so it still feels like you're not like right you're still you're helping yourself when it's like you said it's this perfect thing where you already are prepared for it by doing stand up all the time you can just come kind of with a vague idea about your material and then it's probably going to go in other directions and like anybody who does it if they if they prepare 10 minutes of material you're only going to get through maybe half of it usually you know because it's going to go into these fun directions Honestly, that's one. Of the, I don't have a lot of comparison, but that's one of the be- things I appreciate about us in comedy a lot. It's like feels like all over the city we've created these little comedy gyms. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I mean, G G Y M. Like you know, yes. Like play, yeah. Uh, like just you know. Well, anyway, I, that yeah. made the point. Okay. Yeah, 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 comedy right. gyms. Um, so no, that, that was great too. Do, oh, stuff that you would like to stop seeing from the the newer comics. It would annoys you. Yeah. Um, Pet peeves. I don't know if anything. I can't really Come think of. Come on. Um, 
You don't have to say it, but next time I overhear you, you'll be like, I'm going to just say it on the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll um, tell you what, Zach, bro. Okay. <laughs> uh, just honestly, it's going to go back to shows. Just another stand up show. Yeah. <laughs> something mm-hmm. that is not like something that has been done a thousand You're not times. Not adding before. anything to the table. Yeah. yeah Add something to the table with your show. Different. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a lot of that. I feel that in Austin with crowds. Like, crowds can be like, this is just stand up again. Yeah. And like, maybe i mean obviously i'm probably projecting onto the audience but <laughs> i like i do feel that way a lot of times um it's like just do something different try to do something new or you know switch it up yeah. because it's like we've all seen showcases we've all seen the eight person showcase or like the 20 person long showcase that turns right. into a mic might as well be or you know well, and I think that, like, with Stone Drunk Sober, with with my show, like, with a lot of shows like that, even newer comics can actually do better in a way where the crowd really gets to have this great time, even if some of the comics are weaker, because right. they have this whole thing that they're a part of with you. Right, and it's, it's not just relying on what they can do in that, mm-hmm. you know, 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I think we're good. Magic one? Well, you know, actually, okay. So I'll ask that question, but now I'm thinking more it's kind of, they can kind of dovetail. But So if you could change anything in Austin comedy, right, and Magic Wand, so in this case, like it can be like, we have another club or something like that. Uh, like, what would it be? If I could change anything in Austin comedy, um, yeah, I mean, another club would be great. <laughs> yeah. um, that's the, I think that's the big, just more industry is like um, the one we all kind of... Yeah. yeah, no, honestly, I mean, uh, if, if something could happen where there was something being... I mean, I know they kind of did this with the ATX Uncensored-ish, but if there could be things being produced in Austin that had comedy jobs that weren't just stand-up mm-hmm. or weren't just... Yeah. I mean, if something could if an industry could get to the city to the point where they're filming stuff here and they are using locals as a resource for all of that, that would be awesome. But you know, well, we'll, see. we'll keep One putting day, it out maybe. there in the universe and we'll see. A lot can change in 15 years. I mean, that's, that seems yeah. like a long time, but honestly, you let's know. work toward it. Yeah. Um, all right. So then our last section is uh, endorsements. And I feel like I always have the dumbest endorsements because I don't know, Jared has this deep well of comedy, but I just finally uh, started watching the stand-ups on Netflix, yeah. um, and I've only seen the first episode. Man, you're going to be disappointed with a lot of shit on there. <laughs> There's yeah. just a lot of bad stuff. No, too. I know. I mean, the stand, like specifically the sh- that stand-up, the, um, Nate the st- Bargatze's, uh Oh, like kind of the, what they called produced? the stand-ups. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, have you okay. seen that? It's no, it's actually, six, yeah. Yeah, no. I like the format a lot. Well, tell I, mean, me more I don't about know. This. I don't, I don't know, know all about the inner workings of it, but it's just kind of presented as like a six-part series, but it's all mm-hmm. just half-hour specials. Yeah, um, it's like a presents. A yeah, right. presents. Yeah, so. yeah, but on Netflix, you know. So it's just another way to get like. So it's and Nate Bargatze is the only one I've seen because this is the first uh, episode. But and and the reason I don't feel like a total because I'm I, I'm surprised Jared didn't know about it, but I assume you know most comics have probably had it suggested to them in their feeds, but he's someone who I had actually seen live a few years ago before I'd ever heard of him um, in Durham. I just happened to be there. And I mean, You're I had... Nate Bergazzi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I, he happened to be doing this cool show there. And I was like, oh, who's this guy? And and I just didn't... I didn't really like it that much. Um, 
but and so I kind of thought like eh because then like a few months or a year or so later everybody started talking about him and how much mm-hmm. they loved him and I was like oh, is that guy I saw in Durham that's weird yeah. um, but and so what I would part of what I want to endorse is like giving comics a second chance um, it oh, might, that's I think it was also maybe like a family show a little bit that I saw and so there's definitely that too but like give give comics a second chance because you also don't know the context of your own just like neuroscience or mood or the situation I mean here I am in the way back getting getting in as a comic for free right. I'm standing in the back as opposed to sitting amongst all the people who were laughing like of course I didn't but now I watch his his stand-up saying and I'm like oh this is why everybody likes him so much he's very funny yeah that's makes sense again. anyway right well, it's like it's that night you know what I mean mm-hmm. you see a comic that night like we all know that you know there's we've had plenty of sets where you're like don't judge my whole oh yeah, yeah. If <laughs> if I could take back that, that night yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know Nate Bargatze just le- really needs to learn to be consistent he's <laughs> <laughs> not consistent I hope he's listening yeah. no yeah. Um, my endorsement local comic uh, Bradley Ursh mm-hmm. everybody pay attention to that guy I feel like Bradley's like been good, uh, like since he started in terms of like for a new person. Like so, so you know, I mean, people look differently. People don't know it. He actually did comedy for seven years in New York. Before. I didn't want to say anything oh, because okay. that whole in the closet that, well, there was a sex scandal. Oh, like, you're right. You're right. Oh, okay. Yeah, just he's a pedophile. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for Alleged. This guy. That's what I meant by look out for him. Like look, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, say, yeah, seriously, yeah, yeah. watch out. Uh, so <laughs> the reason what I want to say is like uh, I've seen him on stage for a while. He's a lot of open mics. He works hard, and there's always been like jokes there. They always kind of are structured well or whatever. But he did a joke. I'm not gonna say it or anything like that. He did a joke recently where I was like, oh, he can be great. Uh-huh. Like where, because it's this JFK joke that he he's been doing or whatever, mm-hmm. and like f- when it when I heard it for the first time, I fucking rolled. And mm-hmm. then also, it's one of those jokes, and I think this is the mark of a great joke: is you want to go back and like, oh, and it's funny because of this, mm-hmm. and then also it's got that part, and that's great about well, it. Well, people so. like you and I do that sometimes. I'm not sure everybody likes. Okay, but, analyzing. but no, no, but I'm just saying that's to yeah. me. Like when I think of a that's, good joke, yeah. I'm like a joke where you can like, oh, it's fucking. But anyway, yes. so and I think you don't accidentally write Brett. something like that. You just have an ability to write that, and you try to get better at doing it. So but like, yeah, Jared endorses Bradley or mm-hmm. JFK joke. Yeah. All right. well, him too. But I yeah, yeah the joke. Um, I have. There's a comic that I've been uh, really into recently. Ever since I um, he closed out a show I did in Houston. Uh, Billy Wayne Davis. I love him. He is so funny. When I saw him close out that show in Houston, it was he was just messing around a lot of the time, but he was crushing it. Mm-hmm. He was like, because he was headlining the night after that, so he just happened to be in town, so he hopped on the end of this uh, like local showcase, and um, he crushed it just messing around. He's like, I'll give you all real material if you all come tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I listened to his That's album. That's a great way to yeah. sell your show. Yeah, I listened to his album, and I was blown away. I think he's amazing i gotta check it out yeah billy what Wayne can, can you Davis. describe his like the style at all yeah he's kind of like a really smart country boy okay <laughs> that uh yeah he's um i don't know you'll have to check it out okay it's good and the nicest guy yeah oh, you mean? i well i think i was guesting on the valve when he was in last time and so oh, great. he was yeah. just really friendly he's with you know there's people where you can, you're like well they were really friendly with me but i don't really know if they're he's just like he's just very friendly yeah you know what I mean? yeah, yeah yeah seems like a very nice guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool 
Thanks, Zach. That Thank was awesome. Thank you. What a great conversation. Good. Hey, thanks for sticking around for our whole episode. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. I really thought that was one of our uh, most, what's the word I'm looking for? Efficient. Uh, no. Sex filled. No, I feel like. Creamy. We really. Um, Zach we really explored we really explored uh, a lot of topics that I'm interested in in a way where I learned I learned a lot you know yeah um, you really did kind of clarified a lot of my thinking yeah Jared you, had, you had a lot to learn I had yeah I had so much to learn so <laughs> you know I've uh, I've leveled up just based on this conversation anyway we want to plug some stuff um, so Zach wants us to plug his Twitter at Zach Brooks Z-A-C is how you spell the Zach part um, and then he has a, a peep fest not just his peep show but a whole peep fest happening on July 29th at 10pm at Spider House so let's all go check that out I actually think I'm gonna check that out I'm um, going yeah I will be there put that in my calendar now and then Jared uh, wants us to plug his Twitter for some reason Jared McCorkle you trapped me with that well I, I gave you a lot of options that was a trap I want to plug my just, YouTube let me look through my calendar real quick uh, to see Follow if me. I have anything to plug call it you, you can, oh, we can circle back to you. Well, oh, well go ahead. Um, follow me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ariel Norman. Should work. A-R-I-E-L-L-E, by the way. Um, which just brings me to one little piece of advice for comics while I'm throwing this out there. If you're messaging someone for whatever reason, maybe you want to be on their show, maybe you want them to be on your, or, or whatever, um, spell their name right. It's right there. You know what I mean? People all the time will, not all the time, but every now and then will message me and they spell my name wrong. And it's like, you're, you are on a page that has my, anyway. Um, also, I've got some shows this weekend on the 21st. Uh, I'm doing a show at the Shed Barbershop at 8.30 called Closed for Comedy. And I like the implication that they're like, well, we would cut him right now. <laughs> and then uh, on the 22nd, uh, I'm going to be doing a show at the Hi-Hat at 9 p.m. called I'm Doing This Wrong. So come check those out. Jared, it turns out, are there things? I'm looking at it and... It's uh, no, but there is stuff you could see much later or earlier. Or well, how about this? Okay. If you've got a show this week, yeah, you, you know Jared's free. Book him. <laughs> Book the fuck out of me. You know, seriously. Also, but we do have uh, like we do every Thursday. Every Thursday, uh, you should come check out the Alamo Laugh House on Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, it at starts Alamo at Draft nine. Uh, yeah, you know what? You could if you have this kind of time. It seems like a really nice idea. Like go see a movie there. Mm-hmm. And then see some watch comedy. Our, see a movie that ends like right at about nine, and then come check out the comedy show. See your friends. That's what a, what a nice idea. Mm-hmm. I think you should do it. I'll cool. catch you. Well, on the mouth. I will see you there, listeners. I'll catch you on the mouth. Bye. International.